Welcome back to another episode of Correct Me If I'm Wrong. It's great to have everyone here, and it's great to be here. You know, I never really know what to say to open the show. I always feel so fake trying to like come up with a pre-planned welcome statement, but here we are. We're through it. Anyways, maybe, yeah, maybe someone could make me my own theme song. Max puts a ton of time and work and effort into the music on the show, and obviously I love that, but a catchy little jingle with some like infomercial-style vocals that's all about me, now that would be the flavor. So if there's anybody out there that can make that happen, I will pay you absolutely nothing, but I promise I will really appreciate it. So get cracking on those jingles, folks, because I'm here for it. But... Let's just jump right into it. Rose time. I went on a quick little getaway trip to Portland, Oregon, and it was just the little getaway that I needed. Seattle can be a little bit overwhelming at times, so it always feels good getting out of the city for a day or two. And before anyone calls me out saying that Seattle and Portland are basically the same city, you're right. But the moral of the story is that it was just something different than Seattle. And I needed a different a different look, a different perspective for a few days. And it was fun because, you know, I actually lived in Portland for about like eight or ten months back in 2016. And I hated it. I hated it. I really did. But I think that's mostly because I was dead broke and I worked the night shift in the Cabela's warehouse. So that was a little bit of a wild time. I had some really crazy, crazy experiences come out of that job. Like one time I was running a few minutes late to work like I often do. And I was rushing to get in there before my boss would notice that, you know, I, I wasn't there. So I pulled into the employee parking lot along the side of the building at like 3.15 a.m. I think I was supposed to be there at 3. Um, and so I pulled in over to this parking lot without seeing that the front doors of the store had actually been smashed in. So I'm over here hustling back to the warehouse. I snuck in the employee entrance. I'm just like running through the store and I just burst through the big double doors into the warehouse because I appreciate a good entrance. And I was immediately greeted by five SWAT officers pointing rifles directly at me. Um, obviously, they didn't shoot me because I'm here to tell the story, but they were there sweeping the building because about 40 minutes before I had showed up, someone broke in, they smashed the windows, they went back and they smashed the gun counter, stole some guns, actually loaded them in the store and was on the loose. So there was actually like just guns strewn around and bullets on the floor, but the dude was gone. So no one got hurt except for me almost getting blown away by SWAT. But I also didn't get in trouble for being late to work. So overall, it was a great day at Cabela's. But that's a giant, massive tangent and really has nothing to do with me being in Portland. But, I mean, like I said, I hated Portland for a long time. This is the, I think this is the only like the second time I've been back in five years. 
And this time it was more fun. You know, I got I got a little more cheddar in my pocket, a little bit of money to spend. So I was able to kind of be about doing some nicer things. And I had a great job or a great, a great job, a great time. It was relaxing, but I'm glad to be back. Moving on to my bud. It directly correlates with my rose. And like I said, I'm lazy with my buds, but I'm looking forward to going on some more localish trips because obviously COVID's still a thing. I'm not trying to just be hopping on flights and doing all this and all that. Um, but I am trying to, you know, maybe get around, get around the, the immediate area a little more. The weather has just been so much nicer and the sun is up longer. So I've got the itch to be out and about a little bit. And I think I'm going to set up a little trip to go to Walla Walla, Washington, which is actually where I went to school. So I don't want to go to like visit my old college or anything, but I really just want to go do like a little food tour, maybe do some fancy wine tasting and just have a good time because Walla Walla is a cool little town, but it's the type of place you go for a weekend, not for three years of college like I did. Unless you're into the small town vibe. I'm not out here trying to yuck anyone else's yum, but I'm a city boy now. So I don't really have the patience, I guess, I don't know, to be in a little town that long. I get bored. I get bored of doing the same thing, eating the same thing all the time. But a nice little tasty weekend trip to Walla Walla sounds nice right about now. Okay, so... I'm gonna need a little bit of extra time for my thorn this week because I've actually got three of them. Two of them are an update and then one new one. So here we go. The first one, you guessed it. The leak is still not fixed. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're three weeks in now and it is still not fixed. The handyman finally came over and made an appearance. He slapped a new seal around the shower thinking that that would magically fix the water from leaking into my bedroom. But that was a lie. My bedroom stayed dry for about one day and then was completely soaked again. So the floors pulled back up. There's still fans in there. It still stinks. Um, and at this point, there's just no way that that carpet is going to be salvageable. Like it's, when you look at the bottom of it, like the underside of the carpet, it's just disgusting and stained. Um, and my landlord doesn't really seem super interested in fixing it. So I feel like this is just how it's going to be until my lease ends in the end of June. I'm not a super confrontational guy, so I'm not going to go after my landlord and cause a huge stink. Maybe I should, but the way I see it, it's like a month and a half two months at this point it's so been, been so messed up for so long that i'm kind of just used to it now like i don't even notice the smell i'm sure if anyone came over it would be absolutely horrible but life is all about adapting and i've adapted to my gross little stinky room second thorn of the week i told y'all i think it was last week maybe two weeks ago i have officially become a crypto bro I get in some Bitcoin, but they sank their hooks into me and now I'm hooked, I'm hooked on crypto. And I took it, I took it even further by going against all of my basic instincts. And I bought some Dogecoin because 
I buy into the hype and I have serious FOMO. So I bought some Dogecoin and I bought a couple of other cryptos that I don't even know how to pronounce. But long story short, I'm losing money and it's giving me anxiety. I don't really know what to do at this point. I'm looking at it constantly. I'm I'm actually I'm thinking about just deleting the app that I buy them on and track them on and just like checking back again in six months and hopefully it'll be better or if not maybe I will have just like forgot about that money and if it's all gone it won't hurt as bad but at this point I got to do something and I think that will help keep my blood pressure down because my mom will be so disappointed if I end up having a heart attack or heart failure because my blood pressure is raising from staring at crypto prices so i'm doing it for you mom happy mother's day that's your present <laughs> I'm, I'm taking care of my blood pressure <laughs> oh anyways moving on to the third and final thorn you know it was a week when you've got three thorns and not a real bud and like a pretty standard rose. But here we go. This is the thorn. This is, this one hurt me. This one, I haven't really been able to pull the thorn out yet. But here we go. I get back from my Portland trip and I find a ticket on my car. Not a big deal. And you know, it's Seattle. It happens all the time. It's inconvenient. But this wasn't just any old justifiable ticket, if you will. The ticket said that I was parked too close to a driveway. And to be fair, the back end of my car was going maybe eight to 10 inches into the driveway. So barely at all. If there was any car that was parked in that driveway, and needed to leave, they would have absolutely no problem getting out. Not a big deal. You know, it's a, a, you know, a tight city street, whatever. They could have backed out. But the plot thickens, folks. It thickens. The ticket says that someone took a picture of my car blocking said driveway and sent it to the police. And that's why they had to come and write the ticket. Crazy to me. You have the time to call the police, the authorities, in the city of Seattle, where they have so many other things to be doing, to come and give me a parking ticket. It would be one thing if I was blocking someone's driveway and you had to go to work and maybe they had to come and tow me. But to take a picture and send it to the police. Sounds pretty bad, I know. But here's the kicker. It's my own driveway. The only person that I would have been blocking is myself, and I wasn't even there. That means that one of my neighbors complained about a random car marginally blocking a driveway that they have absolutely nothing to do with. Why are they worried about someone else's driveway in the first place? I just, it's beyond me. So your boy is going to court to fight it. 
Somebody start the GoFundMe so I can get OJ's lawyers to bail me out. We're doing this thing. I mean, I'm just kidding. Don't start a GoFundMe. Well, I mean, hey, maybe. We'll see. I don't know how it's going to go. But it really sucks to be this mildly inconvenienced by some prowling Karen. So now I got to call the court. And it's, you know, I just, I have a bad feeling. I think it's going to go horribly wrong for me because the options are the ticket is you admit that you're guilty because they love it for you to say you're guilty um, and pay the, pay the parking ticket of $47, 47 whole dollars. Second option is to call them and explain the circumstances of what was happening, which is what I think I'll have to do. And then the third one is to fight the ticket. And so technically speaking, the law says you can't park within five feet of a driveway. So I guess technically I broke the law. I'm a criminal. I'm a hardened criminal. But it's my own driveway. So we'll see. I'm frazzled. I'm very frazzled. My car's still parked there too. Um, Maybe I should go move that here in a little bit so I don't get another one. But anyways, I'm going to court. Who knows? Maybe I have warrants out for my arrest or something. My I still have an Oregon ID. Um, so if I've been getting like summoned to jury duty in Oregon or something, I would have just been skipping it. So who knows? Maybe um they get me like Al Capone. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go do some big time. They've been building this case and they finally got me with a parking ticket. But it's been devastating. We'll see. I mean, if I have to pay it, it's 47 bucks. I can just pull it from my crypto losses. <laughs> oh man. What a life full of surprises, but that does it. That wraps it up for my way less than ideal week, but Hey, you know, you win some, you lose some last week was super great. This week was still good, but had some you know, it was a little thorn, more thorny than it was flowery. So, fingers crossed, next week's a little more just stable and less exciting. But who knows? Who knows? Moving on. Time for this day in history. And I'm excited about this one because there was finally some major sports history that I could dump on you guys. So, if you're not into sports, I apologize. The next 10 to 15 minutes might not be the most enjoyable thing for you, but I promise you'll learn something. I promise. Um, and the two the two guys that uh, I picked for this, before I even get into any of it, there's so much to talk about with them. So this is just going to be a very, very brief history surrounding what they did on the day of May 5th. So... This was a, it was a big day, a big day, two, two historic events. The first one being Denton Young, better known as Cy Young, who if you don't know much about baseball, there is, I'll touch on this a little bit later, there's a, an award, the best pitcher, the award's called, it's called the Cy Young Award, and it's named after him. But uh, his name was Denton, and he actually got the nickname Cy because people called him Cyclone, because he would throw it so hard that it would tear up the backstop and people would say it looked like a cyclone came through. So he was like, that's a super dope nickname. I'm going to stick with that. And he went by Cy Young. 
But on May 5th, 1904, Cy Young pitched the first perfect game in modern baseball. And the term modern is important here, not just because it's a difference between old and new, but because the league had actually moved the pitching mound back five feet from the previous season. From it was uh, a little over 55 feet to now being 60 and a half feet. And most baseball historians actually agree that part of this move was because the Cy Young and then a couple of other guys were just throwing so hard that they, they needed to back it up. They needed to have them pitching from further back. So he had actually played two years in the, in the league before it was moved back. But uh, I believe it was moved in the 1890s. So he had been in the league a while before throwing this first perfect game. But not only was it the first modern perfect game in baseball history but Cy Young did it basically to get revenge on this other pitcher from the Philadelphia Athletics whose name was Rube Waddle and what had happened was Rube had called out Cy basically challenging him to throw a better game so from my understanding is Rube threw a game with only one hit it was almost a perfect game, and he called out Cy. And so they played three days later, and that turned out to be Cy Young's perfect game. And so <laughs> I just love this because Waddle was actually the final batter of the game. So this dude had all of the pressure from his own smack talking just materialize right in front of him. All of that weight of knowing if he doesn't get a hit that he's going to look like a fool. And so obviously he, uh, he pops out <laughs> and Cy gets the perfect game and he yells, how do you like that? You hayseed. Now I don't know what a hayseed is, but I'm guessing it was a very disrespectful thing to say back in 1904. But this guy brought it on himself. I mean, Cy Young was an OG. An OG. He actually went on to set some essentially untouchable records in baseball. He retired with 511 wins, which is the most ever. I think the second place guy is still was like 95 wins behind him but the point is this is probably a record that will never be touched because he pitched into his 40s which not not a common occurrence he also holds the major league records for most careers inning pitched at 7356 which is absolutely bonkers i mean he was known for throwing complete games um he also holds a record for most career games started at 815. Oh, and here we are. Most complete games at 749. He was a workhorse. But unfortunately, he also retired with 316 losses, which is the most in MLB history. But that's the price of greatness, kids. You gotta, you gotta lose some to win some. 
So don't let, don't take your losses too seriously, especially if you can rack up 511 wins. But like I said earlier, um, they named an award after him. And in 1956 is when they did this. It was about a year after he had died. Uh, but the league created the Cy Young Award to honor the best pitchers in Major League Baseball for each season. And uh, originally it was only one. And then several years on, they split it in to a one from each league. But now it's one of the most prestigious awards in baseball. And it's named after him because he is a, an OG. He's one of the guys that really pioneered baseball and turned it into, you know, America's pastime. Because, yeah, I mean, he was just, he was there the whole time. Uh, but there's, I mean, like I said at the beginning, there's a whole lot of other really interesting things about him. Like the fact that he's also from Ohio. Shout out Ohio. But I would just encourage you to go read a little bit about him. See some of the other stuff he did. Read about some of the other guys playing at his time. And maybe it'll help fuel an appreciation for baseball. Because unfortunately, baseball can be super boring to watch. Sometimes it's more fun to read about. So it is what it is. Moving on. The second big event from May 5th was Luol Cinder later known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, officially signed with the Bucks. This was on May 5th, 1969. Now, if you're not familiar with Kareem, he is one of the baddest men to ever touch a basketball. Uh, he's up there. Some, you know, some of the other basketball greats consider him the greatest of all time, but I just I don't have the I don't have the time to educate you on everything that he did over his career. But this is another guy you got to take the time to look up because he was doing stuff that nobody was doing. His sky hook, he was just a freak athlete. Um and there's so much to say about him. But unfortunately, I only have time to talk about him initially going pro and the the day of May 5th. So the a little bit of background is that Kareem had played uh, at UCLA and he had won, I believe, three national championships. So he was already the man coming out of college. His uh, his first pro offer actually came from the Harlem Globetrotters for a salary of $1 million, which he turned down because that's child's play when you got you know, the big leagues to get to. Uh, and it was also pretty obvious that he was going to be picked number one overall. And sure enough, the Bucks took him first in the 1969 NBA draft. Um, which there's a crazy story behind this because now, you know, it's uh, the draft is determined by record and whatnot. But it was a little bit different back then, or I believe there was there was a tie at the the bottom for the for the who would get the first pick. And they actually decided it by a coin toss in the commissioner's office between the Bucks and the Suns. I can't even imagine how devastating it must have been for the Suns to miss out on an all-time great who went on to win multiple championships. The Suns still have not won a championship. And they missed out on that all because they called heads instead of tails. Let this be a lesson. Tails never fails. 
trust me, kids, always call Tails, or else you'll miss out on Kareem. But there's more. The Bucks weren't the only team that was after Kareem. This was in 1969, so... The American Basketball Association, the ABA, was still a thing at the time. So Kareem was also picked number one by the New York Nets in the ABA draft. So this dude was picked number one overall twice. <laughs> Let that sink in. That's how good this man was. And the Nets thought they were a shoe-in to sign him because Kareem was from New York. And who doesn't want to go play at home, baby? You want to play in front of your home crowd? your family, your friends. But Kareem being the stand-up gentleman that he is, he told both teams, he told the Bucks and the Nets, that he would only accept one offer from each team to determine who he was going to sign with, and there wouldn't be any counter-offers. So the Nets also messed up, and they low-balled Kareem. They low-balled this man, and he ended up signing... A $1.4 million deal with the Bucks. And then the Nets were obviously salty. And so they came back and they offered him $3.2 million. They were like, we're just going to double this. They sent him the counter offer, but Kareem turned it down because he's a man of integrity and a man of his word. And I respect that because if you follow the NBA now, most dudes are going to wherever the money is. There's not a not a whole lot of um, respect for, for uh, I don't even know, for morals, I guess you could say. There's just a lot of guys bag chasing. But Kareem went on to have one of the most impressive careers of all time. He was the first player to play 20 seasons in the league. And he is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, which is quite the feat. The only man that could possibly come after that right now is LeBron James, who's knocking at the door. If he can go a couple more seasons, anything is possible. But he also, Kareem, also earned a league-high six MVPs. Now, this is something that just doesn't happen. Guys getting six MVPs. But it happened to Kareem of this guy hook again if i told you about all of his accomplishments we would literally be here all day so go do some reading go educate yourself folks you won't regret it i'm sure you can catch some highlights that's all you got to do you don't even have to go read just go to youtube kareem highlights and you're gonna be like wow that's mind-boggling so do yourself a favor and get in there with that being said that's a wrap on another episode, everybody. As always, we can't have an episode of Correct Me If I'm Wrong without a little Wavy Pack plug. So head on over to wavypack.com. Check out those articles. Check out those playlists. It's all there. There's some big things in the works over at the pack with Max's Mind Yours brand coming along. Some big release dates and info coming soon so be on the lookout and just go show us some support because we love you guys and hopefully you love us thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful week and
stay wavy, baby. Bye.